Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. But just know that when he's talking about me and for the rest of the day when I talk about myself, that I'm really talking about what God is doing through me, all right? Because I know I might not show it every time, but yeah, I'm glad that you forgave me. I was low-key savage in my past. I'm so thankful, I'm so grateful you gave me another chance. So I'ma give my all until the day I breathe my last. Make me what I'm supposed to be, Dad. Give me what you want for me, Dad. Always looking out for me, Dad. How you sent your son for me, Dad. Man, I love you, Dad. I'ma be honest, feel like it's starting to make sense now. Spend too much time wondering why did you take this route? Why did you choose it? Don't know how long I can hold it together. I'm keeping in mind, though, you only let it happen to make me better. First pain to the bitterness, then you depend on the pain. Was trying to get closer to nobody, and I was like, God, you to blame? That's the way I felt now since you broke me down. You're bringing idols down. Please forgive me. Cause I know I might not show it every time, but yeah, I'm glad that you forgave me. I was low-key savage in my past. I'm so thankful, I'm so grateful you gave me another chance. So I'ma give my all until the day I breathe my last. Make me what I'm supposed to be, Dad. Give me what you want for me, Dad. Always looking out for me, Dad. How you sent your son for me. Sometimes you do bring the pain. Honestly, feel like sometimes it's too much. Then we complain and we want to give up. Making excuses to fulfill our lust. And we're looking at you like, what do we do? Instead of us trusting you, what do we do? Then we run to our corner. We drown in our sorrow. We pity tomorrow. We running from you. We don't really like if it don't feel good because we got two different goals. We want convenience and happiness, but you busy cleaning our souls. Getting us ready for home, shaping and breaking us, making us holy. I'm learning my lesson how not to complain and how to be thankful because you do not owe me. I know I might not show it every time, but yeah, I'm glad that you forgave me. I was low-key savage in my past. I'm so thankful, I'm so grateful you gave me another chance. So I'm going to give my all until the day I breathe my last. Make me what I'm supposed to be, Dad. Give me what you want from me, Dad. Always looking out for me, Dad. How you sent your son for me, Dad. Yeah, I love you, Dad. Sometimes God does bring the pain. Honestly feel like sometimes it's too much. Then we complain and we want to give up, making excuses to fulfill our lust. Then we're looking at God, we're like, what do we do? Instead of us trusting God, what do we do? Then we run to our corner, we drown in our sorrow, we pity tomorrow, we're running from God. We don't really like if it doesn't feel good because we got two different goals. We want convenience and happiness, but God's busy cleaning our souls, getting us ready for home, shaping and breaking us, making us holy. I'm learning my lesson how not to complain and how to be thankful because God does not owe me. See, God already sent his son for us. Everything else is just bonus. The verse that says the sun shines on the righteous 
and the rain pours on the unrighteous also says that the sun shines on the unrighteous and the rain pours on the righteous. So we're all going through this life. When you're going through this life, you're going to have problems. You're going to have troubles. But God's going to be there with you through it all. He's going to be there with you at all altitudes, at the lowest and at the highest. He's always there for you. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for your love and for your comforting spirit being in this place today, Father God. I thank you that you speak to us exactly what we need to hear today. I thank you for your love being in every person's heart. And that anybody here that is not in a right relationship with you will make the decision right now to be in a right relationship with you. Anyone here that's not accessing the fullness of the life that you have planned for them would choose to live in the fullness of your power and in your grace today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. See, this life with God is pretty hard. There's a lot of troubles that you're going to have to face. And I just want to share with you a few troubles that I've had to face personally. When my mom was born in Maryland and traveled all the way to Southern California and ended up meeting my dad. My dad hadn't met her in person, but she was down at the altar of a church praying. My dad went forward to pray for her, and God spoke to my dad and said, this is the woman that I prepared for you for marriage. That's crazy, right? How many of y'all has God ever spoken to you, this is the woman I prepared for you? That's insane to just think about that God spoke to my dad, okay? What's even crazier is that he lived up to it and that they ended up getting married. They had my sister, beautiful baby girl. She's three years older than me. So when they had my sister, they moved from California two states up to Washington State. Before I was ever conceived, before I was born, before I was thought about, they moved up there. When I'm 18 months old, my mom found some blood in my diaper. She went to the first doctor, and the doctor said, that's not blood. What type of doctor doesn't know what blood looks like? The doctor told her, that's not blood. She had to go see two, three more people, get a second opinion, until finally the doctor said, yeah, we're going to run some tests. Now, it turns out that I had a rare form of cancer called a Wilms tumor. Now, the reason I gave you guys this whole geography and timeline is because in Washington State was a hospital with a specialist to treat this type of cancer. That not be just people from Washington State, not just people from America, but people from the whole world flew in to where our backyard was for this specialist to cure this ailment. And God had set my parents up and sent them there where they knew they needed to be before I was around and before I ever had cancer. So this Wilms tumor, the odds aren't very good. You have less than a 50% chance of surviving this type of cancer. In fact, I shared a hospital room with a little boy that had the same disease, and he didn't make it. I'm a year and a half old. I look at my mom, I said, Mom, did that little boy know Jesus? She said, I don't know, son. I was so caught up in our own family, what we have going on taking care of you, I never took the time to talk to his parents and his family and find out if that boy was going to heaven or not. I'm a year and a half old. I said, Mom, we can't let that happen again. From that day forward, every person that came into that hospital room, my mom witnessed to them. 
Every nurse, every doctor, visitor, guest, my mom ministered to them and told them all about Jesus' love and how to go to heaven. Now, I told you guys a crazy story about how God spoke to my dad. What's even crazier is it happened again. My dad was driving to the hospital, praying and saying, God, take my life. Spare my son. Take me instead. God spoke to my dad right there, and he said, your son's going to be fine. I'm going to save his life. Tell people his story. Tell them about me. So that's why I'm standing here sharing this story with you today. Because God spoke to my dad and told him that his little baby boy was going to be fine. He was going to be cured of cancer. But tell people his story. Share this story with them. See, everybody has a story. We've all gone through experiences. We've all gone through struggles. But these struggles and experiences are preparing us for the future to help other people that are going to go through the, through the same thing. Because if you think it was hard for you to go through something and you got Jesus, how hard do you think it is for the people that don't even have Jesus? I don't know how people wake up and go to work in the morning. Everybody turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Let's learn about the experiences that we go through and how God comforts us through it. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, starting at verse 3. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. Not a couch, not your big screen TV. God is the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. You see, just because you get saved and you start walking with the Lord doesn't mean it's going to be a piece of cake. But what it does guarantee is you have God on your side. You have him there with you through every trial, through every storm. That, that song, I'm going to worship in the middle of the storm. You have to. Because this life is going to be hard. It's not going to be easy until this life ends and we spend eternity in heaven. Until then, we have to keep working. Verse 5. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. So the more you suffer, the more comfort you get. You can't be strengthened if you don't go through something hard. You don't just wake up one day a professional football player. You have to train and practice. You have to keep going even when it gets hard. Think about the endurance that takes to be a professional football player. All the weight training, all the cardio training, all the studying, the plays, everything you have to do, working with the team, the coordination. It's the same for us in our spiritual life. It's going to be hard. But the more you're strengthened, the more you push yourself, the better you get. you got to make it through the training grounds. I'm going to come back to the training grounds in a minute and finish my story. So when I'm in this hospital room, this little boy had the same disease that I have, and he passed away. One time even, a nurse came into the hospital room. My name's Nicholas Mitchell, and I was born June 6, 1993. 
Nurse came into the hospital room with a syringe full of medicine for Nicholas Mitchell, born on June 6th. But it was for a grown man, 30 years older than me. And she walked up to my IV line to inject it. My mom had to physically grab her by the wrist and prevent her from administering the medication. Because if she gave me this medicine for a grown man, it would have killed me as an infant. Absolutely. So there's just another example of how Satan tried to take my life. Everything the doctor said, they're like, he's not going to survive. But even if he does survive, he won't be able to climb a tree. He won't be able to ride a bike. He won't be able to play sports. Well, everything the doctor said, I surpassed it. They said I couldn't ride a bike. I ride a motorcycle. They said I couldn't climb a tree. I went rock climbing. They said I couldn't play sports. I taught Taekwondo. Everything that they said I wouldn't be able to physically do, I did it. And there's nothing special about me. That's God's healing power. And this isn't just a story. I got the scar to prove it. I'll show you. I got the scar all the way across my body. This isn't made up. So I had a pretty good childhood growing up. I really did. My parents were there. They loved me. They took care of me. They raised me in church. I had a solid foundation of Jesus. But then one day, things weren't going so hot in the marital relations anymore. And my parents ended up getting a divorce. So when they got a divorce, I was left on my own at a very young age because I chose to live with my dad. And as many of you know, he's a truck driver even now. He was never home. He was there like once a month. So as a young teenager, I was just on my own in this trailer by myself. I was a little kid walking through Food Lion, through Kroger, shopping by myself, getting my groceries. I mean, my sister was there, and looking back on it, she helped me a lot and took care of me. But she was a young teenager, just got a car. She wanted to do her own thing, go babysit and make money, hang out with friends, you know. She didn't want to be stuck with her little brother. So I was on my own. And through the process of being on my own, ended up leading to drug use. I had no supervision, so I started smoking. And I started doing other things, this escalated. You name it, I've done it, I've tried it, I've sold it, I've made it. I'm not proud of that, but this is what happened to me. And even through this situation, God was still protecting me. But see, even though he protected me through this situation, I wasn't living up to all of his promises. There's a two-letter word that occurs many, many times in the Bible. I-F. If. If you do something, something else is going to happen. If you don't do something, a different thing is going to happen. See, you don't just get saved and then automatically get all the promises of God. Because God is a man of his word. And he says, if you do this, I'm going to take care of you, and you don't do it, what do you think is going to happen? He's a man of his word. He said, if you do something wrong that I told you not to do, and this is the consequence, what do you think is going to happen? You're going to suffer that consequence every time. Because he's a good parent. A good parent follows through. When you tell your kid they're not allowed to eat cookies before dinner, and they eat cookies, a good parent follows through and punishes them. A bad parent just laughs and lets it go on without notice. And it's not, it's not about the cookies. It's not that the kid didn't eat their dinner or that you couldn't afford the cookies. 
It's about them honoring their parents and then listening and learning a valuable life lesson. Because then these small things will expand to bigger problems where they'll try to rebel against authority in the future. So God is the same way. God gives us small things and tells us to do them. If you don't do the small thing God tells you to do, you're never going to grow to bigger things. People tell me, I'm supposed to be in Passion Church. Many times people tell me this. I'm supposed to be in Passion Church. They're like, but this is going on and that's happening and this is happening. I got this. I said, hold on, hold on. If God already told you that you're supposed to be a part of this body of Christ and you're being disobedient to that, how do you expect him to do anything else for you? See, God's only going to give you one step at a time because we're humans. We'd mess it up if we had the whole plan. So if God's telling you, you need to get involved in Passion Church, you need to join a life group, you need to do this, you need to start serving him, you need to start, maybe just read your Bible every day. If God's showing you you need to read your Bible and you're wondering why you don't have the answers to the problems in your life, because the answers are in that Bible and you're not reading it. He's trying to give you the answers. He's trying to show you what to do. While I'm on the topic of life groups, so I don't forget, the online sign up for life groups is today. Did you like that plug? Was that good? All right. The online sign up for life groups are today. They start on January 8th. Join a life group. Get involved in people's life. It's what we do. It's what we do. We need to be helping each other through these hard times that I'm talking about. We need to be comforting each other because there's stuff you've gone through that's going to help other people. And they can help you with what you're going through right now. But if you never talk to them and you never spend any time in close proximity to them, you're not going to get the help you need. You're not. If you're, man, I'm lonely. Maybe I spent Christmas alone. Well, there's people here that love you, that would have loved to have you in their home on Christmas. But you don't know that if you never spend any time with them. So you have to spend time with people. And a great way to do this and to get closer to God is through these life groups. Let's pick up where we left off in our text in 2 Corinthians 1, verse 6. Even when we're weighed down with troubles, it's for your comfort and salvation. For when we, are, when we ourselves are comforted, we will certainly comfort you. Then you can patiently endure the same things we suffer. One day the disciples asked Jesus, they said, Jesus, was this man born blind for his sins or for his parents' sins? And Jesus said it was for God's glory to be shown in his life. So I told you that the rain falls on the just and the unjust alike, and the sun shines on the just and the unjust alike. So it's not necessarily when bad things happen around us or in our families that you're doing something wrong. But God is a healing God. And when you see in these scriptures, Jesus is physically healing people all the time, and this still happens. People, many people in this room have been miraculously physically healed by God, myself included. I just shared the story with you. But also, he heals us emotionally. He heals us spiritually. And if we pray for a physical ailment to go away and it doesn't go away, and they're in heaven, do you think they're still in pain in heaven? No, God healed them. God healed them of that pain, right? Verse 7. We are confident that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share 
in the comfort God gives us. We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the Mid-South. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure, and we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely only on God who raises the dead. See, if you never had any hard times, what would you need God for? If you just coast through life, if you knew the answers, if you knew how to handle it, if you knew what to do next, you wouldn't have to trust in God. You wouldn't need God's strength or God's power. And he loves us too much to make it that easy on us that we would separate ourselves from him. If that's the only thing keeping us clinging on to him, we got to have that. We got to learn to pray for more than just sickness. If you're only praying to be healed when you're sick, well, I don't know if, like, if I'm your dad, I want to spend time with you, like, and that's when you're talking to me, right? But God loves us. He doesn't want you to be sick. He wants you to be close with him because you're healed in Christ Jesus. Verse 10, and he did rescue us from mortal danger, and he will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him, and he will continue to rescue us. That's a fact. 11, and you are helping us by praying for us. Then many people will give thanks because God has graciously answered so many prayers for our safety. So see, part of this comforting each other is praying for each other. Praying for each other when no one even knows you're praying for them. Calling them up on the phone and praying for them. Even beyond that, spending time. Because see, Paul was on this journey. He's walking around. He's a missionary, and he's got these disciples with him. He's got people walking with him. Even when he's imprisoned, when he's in bondage, and he's stuck, he still has people that choose to be there with him. They didn't get caught for any crimes. They chose to put time in with Paul when he was in prison because they, that's how important relationships were to them. That's how important. Are you willing to spend time with a man that's in chains just to get closer to him and get closer to God? Because that's how far these people were willing to go. And it's not just Paul and the people with him writing this letter. It's the Corinthians too. They're together. They shared everything with each other. Sometimes too much. You need people. This whole scripture I just read you about comfort is Paul talking about him comforting the church in Corinth and the church in Corinth comforting him back. How are you going to comfort yourself when you need a word of encouragement? I mean, you can try. You can. You can get it through God's word and through the scripture. But what if that's just too hard? Let's be honest. Not everybody opens this word every day anyway. So the only way you're going to get any comfort is if a friend or a family member is willing to talk to you. That's why you need to surround yourself with other believers through church and through life groups. That way we can pick each other up when we're not reading our Bible and say, hey, remember to read your Bible today. How about this? I'll come over with you after work and read with you and pray with you. I'll do one better. I won't just tell you to do it. I'll do it with you. We need each other. We need that support from one another. And... Even, when, even when, we're, when we're living wrong, we still need support. See, when I was living wrong, when I started using drugs, 
my mom was still there to support me. She'd invite me to church. I would go to church high out of my mind because that's how I was 24-7. As soon as I woke up, I got high all throughout the day and before I went to bed. There wasn't a moment where you saw Nick sober. It just didn't happen. So in order for me to go to church with her, the only state I was ever in was a state of intoxication. So I would go just to get her off my back. She'd keep inviting me. I'd go to church high just to make her shut up and leave me alone for a month. Can I not be honest in church? I went to, did anybody ever not want to go to church, but they just went to make someone happy? All right. So I did that. About every month, she'd invite me. I'd go and make her shut up about it for a few weeks. Well, finally, I hit rock bottom, and I got sober. Now, after I got sober, man, that just looks like an accomplishment in itself right? You can read that, that bulletin that Pastor Guy was so kind and jealous, uh, generous to, so, so kind and generous to print up about me, about all these good achievements and these good things, but that's nothing. Because I had achievements. I had good things before I got saved, but it didn't mean anything. I was sober. I was going to college, making A's. I was working a steady job, full-time and going through college full-time. When I say full-time, I'm talking about seven classes in one semester. Full-time. 21 credit hours in the classroom every week. Full-time. So on paper, it looks like I'm doing amazing, right? You look at your, that bulletin, you're like, man, that looks amazing. But it was nothing. Because guess what? Being sober sucks. It was boring. There was no fun. There was no enjoyment being sober. There was nothing. I had this emptiness that I'd been filling up with drugs and alcohol. I had this emptiness inside of me. And there was nothing left to fill it. I was bored. One day, after I'd been sober for nine months, I chose to go to church on my own free will with my mom. And we go in there, and the missionary is giving her testimony about the first time she was ever baptized in the Holy Spirit. She described it just like Jesus said in the book of John, rivers of living water flowing through your veins. So she sits down, her husband, the other missionary, stands up, and he starts describing this as the best feeling you've ever experienced in your entire life. He's telling me that if I come and stand up in the front of this church and let these men pray for me and get filled with God's Holy Spirit, it's going to feel better than sex, it's going to feel better than drugs, everything all combined. I was such a junkie, I'm like, all right, sign me up. Let's try it. Let's try it. So I went forward. They said, if you want this feeling, the best feeling you've ever experienced, come up to the front of the church. So I went up to the front of the church. They asked me, they said, are you saved? They said, did you admit that you have sinned? I said, yes, absolutely. I understand everybody's sinned. Nobody's perfect. We've all made mistakes, right? I said, absolutely. They said, do you believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. I say, yes, I believe Jesus Christ, he died on the cross for me. I know that on the third day, he raised up to an eternal life. And if I believe that, that I can share in that eternal life with him. I say, I believe that, I believe that. They said, the third step, they said, they said, say out loud. They say, with your lips, that you believe that Jesus Christ did that. Because they say, it's by believing in your heart that you're made right with God and by confessing with your lips that you're saved. Confession, you know, just a confession, just saying it out loud, just speaking. But then there's another thing that sometimes we forget about. And this thing 
is a big church word called repentance. See, when I walked up there and was and these men were talking to me and they're about to pray for me to receive the Holy Spirit for the first time, in my heart, I was repenting right then when they prayed for me. I knew the things that I've done in my past were bad. That's why I stopped doing them. If you do, wouldn't do it with your mom in the room, you probably shouldn't do it. It's probably a sin. Because, see, everybody has that law written in their heart already. You don't have to be able to turn to the chapter and verse and read it in the Bible to know it's a sin. Yeah, that's a good thing. You should. But you know deep down inside whether or not something's right or wrong. You already have God's law in your heart. So as I was standing up there, I knew, man, I don't want to do these old things that I've done anymore. It got me nowhere. It got me nothing. I knew I had to repent. I had to turn away from the bad things I was doing and start doing good things. So when these men asked me this, I told them, I said, yes, I'm already saved. They said, all right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to pray for you. They said, close your eyes and raise your hand. They said, clear, clear out all your thoughts. Don't worry about any of your problems, your struggles, what's going on. Just focus on God. They said, just focus on God, and we're going to pray for you to receive God's Holy Spirit right now. And I'm telling you guys that when they did this, it was the best feeling I've ever experienced in my entire life. So I got a couple questions for you guys here today. With every eye open, everybody looking around the whole room, is there anybody in here that says, I don't know that I would go to heaven if I died right now. Now, I'm not trying to scare anybody. I'm just telling you the truth and the facts of the Word of God in real life. Two weeks ago, two different family members of people sitting in this room passed away on the same night. A few days ago, I get a text that another loved one passed away, and at the same time, a coworker telling me that they just had a miscarriage and that there's a memorial service for their unborn baby. That's four people in two weeks, just people I know. I'm not trying to scare you into anything. I just want to make sure that you know you're sure. Because this life is short. And we're humans. Our life is just like a little vapor. It's just a little smoke. It's a little dust. It's here today. It's gone tomorrow. It's nothing. It's like a flower. A flower pops up, fades. Greg picks the flower up out of the ground. His brother James stomps on it. The flower's dead. We can't do anything about it. We can't protect ourselves. We're just little flowers. So my question is, if you died, do you know where you would go right now? And the answer is maybe, or I hope heaven, or I don't know, or no. Well, we can fix that right now. Because everything I just told you about myself and my own story and this word of God, it applies to you as well. But you have to reach out and accept it. Because if I offer you a gift, it's all gift wrapped, I call you, I say, hey, come by the house, pick it up. I got this awesome Christmas present for you. You never show up to pick it up. You never reach out and come get it. You ignore my calls. You're never going to get that gift from me. I got it for you. It's prepared. It's just for you. It's got your name on it to you. But you never come and open it. You're not going to receive it. So I ask you right now with everybody watching you that you would have a bold spirit and say, is there anybody in here that doesn't know beyond a shadow of doubt that they would go to heaven? Is there anybody in here that wants to ask Jesus to be in control of every aspect of their life right now? I'll just ask you to simply stand up where you are. Is there anybody that says, man, I need Jesus. I need this power that you're talking about. 
I need this in my life. I hear you talking about it, but I want to know it for myself. now I'd ask you five brave people to come forward please yeah celebrate amen 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 awesome we stand just like this this is perfect amen amen we can face guys look at these faces out here all staring at us alright this is your family this is your family alright they're happy for you. That's why we're clapping. It says that the angels are rejoicing right now for you guys. They're throwing a party. All right, so this is what we're going to do. Everybody in here now, they're going to stop staring at you. We're all going to close our eyes, all right? So nobody's looking at you anymore. We're all closing our eyes. And when I pray, not just you six standing up here with me, everybody's going to pray with us because that's how much they support you. That's how much they want to comfort you because they know later on you'll be able to comfort them. That's how we're all in this together is we're going to pray this together even though they already know where they're going, all right? We're going to say, Jesus, thank you for saving me. Thank you for dying and raising again to eternal life. Father, I ask you to be in control of my entire life, every thought and action, I give it over to you. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and I ask him to live inside of me all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Awesome, you guys may be seated. Awesome, awesome. So that was just the first question. Now I got a second question for you. You see, just because you've asked Jesus to be in your heart doesn't mean you received that gift I was talking about, that best feeling you've ever felt in your entire life. See, if you're saved, you've been going to church, you even read your Bible, you might have even been in a life group this fall, and you're saved, but you're like, man, I've been to the altar, but it didn't feel better than sex. I don't know what this guy's talking about. If you're thinking that, if you're like, yeah, seriously. If you're like, sex is like the best feeling in the world, right? If you're thinking, man, I've, I, don't, I don't believe him, then you probably haven't been filled with God's Holy Spirit. Because I'm being serious with you. That God, reaching down from heaven and wrapping you up in his warm embrace, baptizing you in the spirit of fire, is the best feeling I've ever experienced in my entire life. And see, there's nothing special I can do or say. There's nothing special about me. But I know that when I pray for you, if you're really seeking it in your heart, that you're going to receive God's baptism in the Holy Spirit. The same way, you know, I, it's not on any one man to judge someone's eternal soul and say whether or not they're going to heaven. But if you six believe what you just prayed, you are going to heaven. And nobody can take that from you. And nobody can take God away from you. Nobody can take you away from God. You stay focused on him and you walk with him each and every day. And here in a few minutes, uh, Brother Tom that took up the offering is going to be standing right here by this speaker. And I need all six of you, if you would please talk to him. He's got some things he's going to share with you.
about how to move forward, about how to read your word, how to pray, how to get plugged in with a life group that's going to start next, uh, next Wednesday on the 8th of January. So now I have another question. Is there anybody in here with everybody's eyes open looking around the room that would say, hey, I've never been filled with God's Holy Spirit. I know I'm saved. I know I'm going to heaven, but I don't believe what Nick is talking about. Or maybe I believe it. I just never experienced it. I've never experienced what Nick is talking about, about this fire burning in my heart, about the best feeling I've ever experienced. If there's anybody in here that wants to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit for the first time, I would ask you to stand up and come to the front and pray with us. This has nothing to do with salvation. You're already saved. You're already going to heaven. But you say, man, I need the power of the living God in my life. It says in Acts 1.8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. See, when God gives us his power, when God's Holy Spirit resides in us, you have the ability to talk for him, to be his witness. Is there anybody that said, man, I want the power of the living God in my life? Toothache, I got a power of the living God inside of me. Fired from my job, I have the power of God with me. Just got divorced, I got God living in my heart. Is there anybody that would say, I need that power with me every day, all the time? Tom, will you please come here? So I just explained to you guys about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, being filled with God's love and with God's power and the ability to do insane miracles and healings and stuff. If anybody else wants to receive this, you can come join us up front. Now, Brother Tom is going to pray for these two young men to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit right now. I'm going to ask you a third question. Is there anybody in here that needs any sort of healing? This could be a physical healing where you have a pain in your body. I know half the people in here got the flu. I just pray for anybody that had, no, I didn't mean to say that. They don't have the flu. You're not going to get sick. Half the people had the flu two weeks ago. They're healed. They got sniffles, all right? I just pray in Jesus' name that everybody's sniffles go away, all right? That in Jesus' name, all the cold symptoms are gone out of the body of Christ. Is there anybody in here that says maybe... I need healing. I've been going through depression lately. Or I just feel like I got a broken heart or I feel lonely or maybe uh, maybe a loved one has left me. I'm, I'm sitting in class at Horn Lake High School a few weeks ago 
And if you want to receive healing as I'm talking, you feel free to come up here with Miss Kathy, and she's going to pray for you to receive healing. And Miss Kathy is this woman standing right here. She's going to pray for you to receive healing. Yes, ma'am. Um, so if anybody would like to receive healing, you just come up here and pray with Miss Kathy. All right, I was sitting at Horn Lake High School, and this boy, this boy makes straight A's, all-star student on the sports team. He helps me out with everything I need in class. He, he's like, if I need something, I know I can ask this young man. He's going to do it for me. He's going to get his work done early. He's going to make an A on the test. We were going around the classroom talking about the different things we are struggling with at the time. And he told me, man, I'm 15. My dad and sister want nothing to do with me, and I don't know why. So his mom and dad got divorced, but totally cut him off. I know it wasn't that 15 year old's fault that his parents got divorced. If anybody, if a loved one has left you or something's happened, I know it's not your fault that this is happening in your life. I know it wasn't that 15 year old's fault that his parents got divorced and now his dad won't even talk to him. Obviously his mom and dad have problems, but his dad won't even give him the time of day or his sister either. So if anybody says, hey, maybe I need healing in my heart right now, Whatever it may be, there's many different types of healing. You say, man, I just need help. If you come up here and Miss Kathy will pray with you for that healing right now. As always, these altars are always open. If you say, man, I just want to come pray. Nothing Nick said related to me, but I just want to come pray. You're more than welcome to come pray. receiving the Holy Spirit from God and these other men and women are being prayed for healing I want to ask you one more question have you joined a life group and I know when I brought it up in the middle of the sermon everybody started laughing but there's a reason you joining a life group is a million times more important than anything I've said today outside of salvation because you need to be around people living for God each and every day. 
You can't do this on your own. We need somebody there to comfort us. We need somebody there to lift us up when we're feeling down. We need somebody that has strengths in our weaknesses. And I'm telling you, maybe even if you feel like you're all alone, nobody would even want me in their group, I promise you they do. These group leaders, they have the love of God inside of them. They have a shepherd's heart in them, and they want you. They want to get to know you. They want to spend time with you, despite all your quirks and your flaws. Because guess what? We got quirks and flaws, too. These people want to spend time with you. So I would encourage you, there's a bulletin board in the back next to the Connect desk. And that has all seven of our life groups written down on that board. And I encourage you to go read those, read about them, and choose a life group to join. It's going to change your life. It's not you just sitting there and getting preached at. It's you in somebody's living room, having food together, hanging out together, having fun, praying with each other, worshiping, and getting deeper into God's word. And it truly is going to change your life. So I would encourage everybody to go look at that and to join a life group. All right, let's pray. Jesus Christ, I thank you so much for all the people in this room today. I thank you for the six people that have just been accepted into your kingdom as they accepted you into their heart. I thank you so much for being faithful that you don't play favorites, that I know these six people have now made this decision and they get to spend eternity with you and they have you living inside of them, Father God. I thank you for the four people that came to get filled with your Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ. I thank you for the people that came to get healed. And I thank you for every person still sitting in the pews, that whatever they need, Father God, that you speak to it and you take care of it right now in Jesus' name. I thank you that you know what's going on in our lives. You know our deepest desires and our needs before we even think them or say them or before we're ever even confronted or aware of them. So I thank you, Father God, for blessing each person under the sound of my voice and taking care of all of the needs that they may have and for healing them, Father God. I pray that as 2019 comes to a close and we start 2020, Father God, that we will walk closer with you than ever before, that this would be a year of us walking in your spirit and in your presence and seeking after you more than ever before, that we would get more involved in your word. We would get more involved with your family and with our fellow brothers and sisters and believers, Jesus, that we would get more involved in each other's lives and that we would not just sit around idle, Lord, but these gifts that you've given everybody because everybody in this room has gifts, that we would use them, that we would not just leave them on the shelf, that we would use them. In Jesus' name I pray. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.
listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.